This podcast includes explicit language. Listen discretion is advised. Now, would you mind if I asked you about Izzo, which I think is one of your nicknames? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like an abbreviation, you know, H to the Izzo, like for Hova. It's a spelling, and it was like uh, this, I guess it's a form of pig Latin. It's a uh, language that uh, we use, like a slang. Uh, H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo. It's basically spelling Hova. Which is short for? Jehovah, which is a nickname that, uh, you know, they gave me because it's like a... Uh, uh, one time I was recording in the studio, and I wasn't writing, and one of my friends was like, man, this is like, how are you doing that, man? God must really love you. It's like a re- religious experience, man. And then he was like, Jehovah. And then, you know, it, it started out as a joke, and then it just uh, stuck. Okay. <laughs> as most nicknames do, right? <laughs> right. What's the word, everybody? It's your man, Mr. Al Pete from the Mighty MPN. Listen, listen, listen. And you're not tuned in to the Clear Visions Podcast. Get ready to enjoy the show. Are we clear? Clear, 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 clear. So before we get into the topic of this episode, Clear Visions Podcast, I want to send all love, power, respects to all the victims of 9-11, all the lives that we've lost, and the 9-11 events. Today marks the 22nd year of this unfortunate event. And while I'll be speaking on hip-hop, I would like to first do a moment of silence for the folks that experienced all turmoil, pain, back in 2001 of uh, September 11th. So, it's Mr. Al Pete. Clear Visions Podcast. Thank y'all so much for hitting play. Today is September 11th, 2023. September 11th will always be a memorable day for me, being the fact that the unfortunate happened, the, the, the attack on U.S. on various parts. I know we focus on New York because that was a prominent attack, but thinking about what happened in Philadelphia and D.C. as well, um, and just, and just how it affected the whole world at that moment, but it was like these two events that happened on September 11th. So that was the first one, but the second one was Jay Z releasing his album The Blueprint on the same exact day, September 11th, 2001. And just having those two monumental events happen on the same day is fascinating to me. The first word I think about when I think about both of these events happening simultaneously is uh, patriotic. Now, I know some people might be like, oh, patriotic? I don't know about that. And I'm like, it was patriotic to me. So especially when you look at some of the images that Jay-Z had in the cover of the blueprint or whatever, which was designed very well for its time, it was one particular picture where he had his uh, hand over his heart. And he, you know, he had the red, white, and blue aspect to it so i know that's not that wasn't what his target was well at least i assume that well at least i assume that's not that wasn't his topic or his direction of of marketing but for that to happen it was just very it was very symbolic to me and so on this episode we're gonna kind of break down not kind of we will break down some of the uh favorite things about Jay-Z's album to me and get some historical facts, play some clips and all that good stuff. So yeah. 
All right, so we about to get into this thing. September 11th, 2001. 2001. Jay-Z releases his sixth album, The Blueprint, on Rockefeller. Um, these are the words from Chuck D. It's from Chuck D's Presents This Day in Rap and Hip Hop History. Um, it's a very great book. I thoroughly enjoy it. Shouts out to Tan Mayhew for hooking me up with his joint. Throughout the whole book, different years, I think it starts all the way back to, 19, well, look, 73. 1973, all the way up until, let's see, like 16, 17, 2016, 17, yeah. But despite its untimely release on the day of the terrorist attacks, the blueprint sold over 420,000 copies in its first week, eventually going multi-platinum. And it was produced by all-stars such as Just Blaze, Bink, Timbaland, Trapmasters, and Eminem, and critically acclaimed for his lyrical moves, the set featuring three smash hits, Jigga, Girls, 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 and H to the Izzo, H-O-V-A, produced by then-inspiring beatmaker Kanye West. All three reached the top ten on the rap charts. The only guest on the blueprint was Eminem on the track Renegade. So this is pretty cool that I read this little small thing up because this, this is kind of the wrap-up that, uh, this is kind of like the abstract of what I'm going to be talking about. So I'm going to be breaking down these parts. So I'm kind of glad I grabbed this book in the in the midst of it. Yeah, it was dope, man. It was it was, it was dope that I grabbed this book. I'm glad. And it's, and I grabbed this at the last minute. I woke up this morning and I just, I just started jotting down all these thoughts. I was like... Should I go this way, that way? No, honestly speaking, let's let's get into that real quick before we get into the actual breaking down of the information. So, <laughs> I woke up it was like about six o'clock this morning, and I knew it was September eleventh. Jumped on Twitter. You know, Twitter is like my newspaper. I, you know, my morning news newspaper. I jump on there, and somebody asked a question about. What song do you, what's the first song you think about when you think about 9-11? And so I mentioned um, Jay-Z's Never Change. Just the mood of it and everything made me, uh, you know, it, it brings that feeling to me. And then somebody else posted it was 22 years today that uh, Jay-Z album released. And uh, my favorite track, what was my favorite track on it? And I was like, all I need. I think all I need is like my favorite. Some days it's hard to sit some days... It might be uh, Mama Made Me, depending on how I feel, how I feel. But all I need is the f- the first song I'm definitely going to when I listen to the Blueprint album. So that's where that defined it. So when I got up and started writing these notes, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do a podcast. I was going to actually do the Groove Suite podcast, but I was like, I'm really coming from a, a first-person standpoint. So I was like, I think I just need to put it on, on, on Clear Visions. So that's how, that, that's how we get this on Clear Visions versus the Groove Suite, which I'm bringing back up because it's the fall season. And, you know, I feel that fall is my my area of play. That's my favorite season. I feel like the Groove Suite is defined a lot in the fall season. So be on the lookout for that stuff. So I just wrote down all these ideas. I got a couple of clips, all that stuff. And I was just like, just do it, Pete, do it, Pete, do it, Pete, do it, Pete, do it, Pete. And this is, the, I started this at like 7 o'clock in the morning. Currently, it is 10.05. And I kind of pride off that, honestly, y'all. I pride off that. So without further ado, let's get into the, get into the, the bulk of the conversation. So we go through the album. 
you know, we'll keep it straight straight and narrow as possible. But I'm probably going to be hopping here and there. But I promise y'all it will kind of tie into everything that I'm saying, right? So um, <laughs> the obvious, the obvious about this album to the public was the diss, the infamous diss that uh, Summer Jam in uh, 2001. So, I, you know, I jumped on the tubes. Jumped on YouTube and found like a clip of him actually doing the the song for the first time. So what was interesting is that the album was supposed to be released back in, uh, well, not back in, but it was supposed to be released September 25th, but it got pushed up due to uh, bootlegging. So that's how the album came out on September 11th, which was, you know, interesting. It was, I mean, untimely, untimely. These these are the things that we're talking about right now that that makes history so unique, right? Like this, the this is it makes it all unique. So I found a clip that of him doing the well the acapella. He performed the song. He only did two verses of it, which he went back and recorded the third verse, which makes it makes sense because of the the, the references that he said in the last verse. Because you know, you know what, you know who did, you know who. You know, when he said that, and when he was like, the, don't let me put you on the Summer Jam screen, like when he said all that stuff, that was like post-Summer uh, Jam. So I thought it was interesting like to see how he introduced the song to like the whole crowd, and they went nuts, and then they immediately went to the joint with him, uh, Memphis Bleak, and uh, Beanie Siegel, because the album that, that came before that was the Dynasty album. So, which Dynasty album was like a very great album. I don't care if you mob deep. I hope triggers the crew. You little fuck, I got money stacks bigger than you. When I was pushing weight back in 88, you was a ballerina. I got the picture, I seen you. When I did some research on it, it was crazy how like he was like the most hated at the time in hip hop. Like him and Nas was like the most hated. I or you know, you know it's hip hop, so everybody was taking shots at each other. Da 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 da. Whatever. I I have my thoughts on that. But you know, if you're the prominent person in a particular field, you, you know, shots and disses and and jealousy and all that comes with the territory. So it was interesting to, to read up on the fact that. At that time, he was like the most hated or whatever. And, you know, everybody had already started doing their speculations and their comparisons, saying, okay, well, Jay-Z and Nas, you know, they're the, they're the two goats. Somebody's going to collide this and the third. So for Jay-Z to do this on stage, you know, around thousands of people was just, was just wild. And it was very wild, too, that he put Maldeep on the screen. Like, I think that was just wild. That was just crazy, 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 crazy to me. So, 
I mean, every I seen, I watched the game. You know, every every um, person I was on top went through it. You know, what I mean, I don't know if they ever went through it this degree. Like LL, LL, he 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 was he was putting he was he was going through it for a minute, but I don't know if they ever went through it to this degree. But I mean, it's cool. So the second thing that I recognize about this album, the fact that Jay Z introduced to me, like Kanye West and Just Blaze being the prominent, the forefront producers of the album. And every, you know, it was other people that produced on there as well, but the fact of having Kanye West and Just Blaze kind of tag team it in regards to um, defining the sound of this album, Blueprint album, which, I mean, we can all say on some hip hop tip, is like one of his, you know, it was it was the album. It was the the apex album for his career. I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't know. I'm I might do a little bit more research on that, but I think I think it would be like the apex. I mean, the dynasty was there, but I, I just feel like Blueprint was the one. Like, I mean, we had the Black album, but that's you know that's when he was hitting in retirement and stuff like that. But you know, when the Blueprint came out, Jay Z really wasn't going anywhere, and and this matter like he was. He was ready to go. He had his war suit on. He was ready. He was strapping up. But in the midst of him being like this lyrical monster that, you know, that he was on this album, the fact that he had like the dopest beats behind him was like great. So you have, you know, Kanye West, you know, doing the the, the H to the Izzo joint, flipping that. And then you have Just Blaze doing You Don't Know, which You Don't Know beat is, is extremely crazy, extremely crazy. You have Just Blaze doing Girls, Girls, Girls. Just Blaze did Song Cry. He did the the Breathe Easy joint. But then you had Kanye West do the Girls, Girls, Girls Part 2, which that was crazy because Just Blaze did Girls, Girls, Girls Part 1. And then you turn around and have Kanye West do Girls, Girls, Girls Part 2. So it was just the fact of, you know, for me, me being introduced to these two producers in this manner, it was like, okay, cool. So... Of course, we know, you know, history tells what happened after Just Blaze and Kanye West did their music or whatever. They still was doing music for uh, Rockefeller in-house, but then they did so much music for, like, other artists as well. And uh, their careers just took off in a way that was crazy to me. My relationship with, with producers, like, I've always, that's my thing right there. I always try to give a new guy a shot. You can check the history. Every album that I ever had, it had new guys on it. You know what I'm saying? You might have some veterans on it, but majority of the album, like a Ski, I work with Ski, but majority of the reason moved out and Clark Kent. You know what I'm saying? Like every album was just like new producers. So every 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 producer that I work with, you know what I'm saying? They, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for them. You know what I mean? I like that new energy. You know, they hitting the, they hitting the machine, they hitting it like, first of yeah, it's fresh, first of all. And second of all, they trying to keep their lights on for real. You know what I'm saying? They're like, man, I got to sell this beat. So they hitting that drum machine eat that much harder. So this is one of my hot topics. <laughs> like one of my hot topics when it comes to, well, outside of Jay-Z, well, outside of the hot topic I'm about to explain, I have my feelings on the Jay-Z and Nas beef. I feel like Nas won. I'm going to stand on that hill forever. If anybody would welcome me to, to, to talk about this on the podcast, let me know, and I'm willing to do it, right? But... One of the hot topics of this album is the Renegade joint, right? 
So, I'm going to pull out my book, The Decoder Part. I'm going to read verbatim what Jay-Z said about the Renegade track. She said, Eminem produced this song and came up with the concept, which was to attack the mistaken perceptions people had on him. By the time I got my hands on it, he already recorded the verse, which was absolutely fucking brilliant, and his lyrical concepts and rhyme schemes. Go to war with the Mormons, take a bath with the Catholics, and holy water, no wonder they tried to hold me under longer. And in this ridiculous flow, now I've debated, disputed, hated, and viewed in America as a motherfucking drug addict like you didn't experiment. Renegade appeared on the Blueprint album, which I intended to be spare and personal and soulful. M's verses here are the only guest appearance on the album. So, thinking about that, right? A lot of people, you know, as hip-hop always does... Hip-hop is always on some who did the best, who who got eight on their song, this and the third. So, of course, everybody says Eminem watched Jay-Z on the song. And here goes my, my, my thought process, my perception on it. So, my first thoughts, and I wrote these down on my notes, and it says, uh, I I felt like Hove gave the alley-oop to him. So, that that we cancel that out because we I read in the book, Decoded, that the verse was already done, the song was already done, this and the third, and then, you know, it was given to Hove. But um, let me put my notes down real quick. So I feel like when it comes to people being on certain albums, outside of the whole competitive start, uh, competitive action, I feel like people can actually be on somebody's song and let the other person shine. So my prime example of that is A Star Is Born, the Jay-Z song off the Blueprint 3 album featuring J. Cole. You know, in hip-hop, it's already known to be braggadocious, competitive, all this other stuff. But there is a, a significant trait that people do when they want to put another person on. So we look at the history of Jay-Z. We have um, him putting on Memphis Bleak. He put on Beanie Single, which ushered in state property. With the helps of Dane Dash, brought in Cameron, and brought in uh, Dipset and all that other stuff, right? Uh, he introduced us to Rail, to Christon. Like, all these people that Jay-Z, you know, ushered in or whatever. So I felt like Eminem was being ushered in. But at the same time, too, Eminem was already an established person because he had the Slim Shady album, which was in 96, 97. And we had the Marshall Mathers album that was out uh, in 98, 2000 or whatnot. My apologies on not being fully reference on here but you guys can follow so it wasn't like it was a shine or whatever but eminem was definitely on the hip-hop pop side and for him to establish his his presence from like the street hip-hop side i feel like jay-z really gave him that alley-oop on that so i don't know man i just feel like it was a quote-unquote ushering moment even though m really didn't need that but i think of what makes it more significant, too, is the fact that Eminem produced the beat. I don't think people were really up on Eminem making beats. So for him to make the beat and be able to, like, handle business or whatnot, I thought that was, like, the most remarkable thing. And you got to think about it. He was the only feature on the album. So you got to think about Jay-Z holding down the whole album. So, like, are we? do we really think that Jay-Z really got washed on the song or are we just being... Or are y'all hip-hop nerds just being, you know, ridiculous and being like, oh, it would be fun if it was competitive. So maybe I'm too technical when it, when it comes to hip-hop, but I just took it for that note. I didn't take it like, oh, Jay-Z got washed on this song. 
Jay-Z gave his perspective like always. And if that was the case, I felt like Jay-Z quote unquote dumbed it down enough for Eminem to do his shine on it or whatever. And I felt like that was a part of an album where Jay-Z didn't have to truly present himself in that form because he had the rest of the album to do whatever. I mean, think about it. Like this dude did, you don't know. And he was the first time as vulnerable as possible with like a song called Song Cry. He was very intentional and intricate when he did the songs like All I Need and Take Over, whatever, even his intro. So I looked at Renegade like, okay, well, it was like a, not a throwaway song, but a song where he could just relax on it, kind of give his perspective on it. And like he said in the book, soulful. When he said soulful, I was like, okay, that makes you know sense to me that he would be soulful in this manner. So that's just my take when it comes to Renegade. But it was a very great song on the album, and the fact that Eminem was the only person on the song, as well as made the beat on it, was very uh, defining when it comes to that. And I'm not saying that Eminem was the first person to ever do that, but I feel like somebody of Eminem's caliber to do something like that, I think it was great. And I think that Jay-Z was a very uh, mastermind when it came to that. So let's pick a, a renegade part I'm going to read. This is a great book, man. Decoded. He definitely breaks that down. He breaks down Renegade. I think that was I think it was just very dope for him to like break it down, like having these type of, you know, to bring people into the mindset of what he was thinking and what he was writing about at the time. So this part was pretty cool. It said my childhood uh my demeanor, 30 years my senior, my childhood didn't mean much. Only raising green up. Raising my finger to critics, raising my head to the sky big, I did it multi before I die. No lie, just know I choose my own fate. I drove by the fork of the road and went straight. So the fork of the road was great. He said, I love this concept. Instead of being forced into a fucked up choice where you lose either way, choose your own path. The fork in the road I was presented with was either having those pockets full of lint or a pocket full of dope. I went straight, stopped selling drugs, but I also didn't accept the false choice between poverty and breaking the law. I found my own way through, and with my music, I try to help others see their way through it too. Soulful action, man. I don't even think it's a situation where somebody was getting washed, but you know, you hip hop guys are so funny with it, but yeah, whatever. I have sworn by my blood as your man, my love, that one day. I promise one day your heart ain't gonna stop But I've never, 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 never changed I never changed One single grain of sand So yeah, that's uh, basically my ode to uh, Jay-Z's Blueprint album For me, I will definitely put it on top three Top three of the albums or whatnot Maybe we can revisit that as well. That's like my, my favorite to, to lease Jay-Z albums. But nevertheless, that was a very great time to be alive. I remember playing that album. Man, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. It was just a crazy time. And I always thought that was like important to hip-hop. I see a lot of dedications happening. You know, I see a lot of dedications to this album. I don't too much see any dedications simultaneously when it comes to the 9-11 events as well as, you know, the the album coming out. 
But nevertheless, in my heart and in my love for hip hop, it always it's always this reminder to me, like, you know, great things can happen. History never fails. Um, it's just good to have this. And we'll be talking about this for years and years to come. Like, think, you know, we're coming up on like 25 years of this album being of existence. And we're coming up to 25 years of this album, I mean, of this unfortunate event. But it's just, it was just very symbolic to me. And I think, the one, like I said earlier, the one word that sticks out to me is patriotic. And it was a great album for me and probably a lot of other hip-hop people to get through in a situation like this. Like, I can't even imagine being in actual in actual New York when this happened. Um, I, I joke off a lot and say I wish I could have lived a lot of my my childhood and my young adult life up north because of just the hip-hop that I love. But I couldn't imagine being up there wondering if a family member, friend, or whoever is in that building, and then turn around and, and and like have to adopt this album to get me through the stress and the the anger and and the pain that I'm you know that a lot of people just had to suffer through. So yeah, I, it was it was just very symbolic to me, and I just wanted to acknowledge that album and just talk about my favorites or whatever. And even at the end of it, I play a little bit of the, of the samples. The sample choices on here were just like nuts. Like, it's crazy. And I have a reference in the notes to a video that I love watching from time to time and getting inspired from that from that manner. But yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge this album. I think this album is great. I'm glad that y'all stuck around and enjoyed listening to it, if y'all enjoyed or whatnot. But Maybe I should do more of these. Like, just pick an album and be like, okay, this is symbolic and how I enjoyed it and how I interpret it. I'm sure if I had more and more and more time to do it, I'd probably have more notes, but I kind of wanted to just spitball this out while I was in my brain. Not because of the fact that, you know, I feel pressure because it's 9-11 or whatnot, but, you know, I just want to just be very intentional and be very mindful of, like, my feelings when it comes to a lot of things, especially when it comes to music that, that has shaped me in my journeys when it comes to, uh, and you know, that journey is uh, hip hop. And um, I just love that energy that came over me this morning. And, I'm, I, and I wanted to put it put it to the wax and let people hear it or whatever. But if you want me to do another album, let me know. We're going to start doing these album uh, reviews and artists. The same thing I did last year when I got a couple of my friends and we talked about music and what was their favorite song or album and stuff like that. We're going to do it again in Groove Suite. Um, I plan on releasing that, but if you want to jump down on that, feel free to hit me up on the, on the comments. Uh, shoot me an email, NPN Management at npn-lc.com. Shoot it there, or you know, hit us up on the DMs on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. So this is very uh, therapeutic to do, and um, just felt good to kind of get this off my off my spirit when it hit me. To, you know, this morning. And um, to kind of just put these things together. So, but shouts out to the Blueprint. Go play that thing. And also send your respects and your loves to, uh, to New York, Philadelphia, D.C., just the whole United States on this day. Because this day is always a hard day to go through. And it's just, it's just a very hard day to go through. But I'm glad that America has found a way to uh, go through it. And I know for me, hip hop was that. And uh, you know, just in an t- untimely situation, Jay-Z album came out the same day. So it's just a, a memory in my, in my head that I like to rock with. So, yeah, 
Mr. RP MPN Clear Visions Podcast. Thank y'all so much for listening, man. Y'all want me to listen to some other stuff and kind of give my review of where I was at or whatever uh, specifically? Let me know. Or if you want to jump on and just talk about a song that you think um, touched you in some kind of way, let me know too so we can start throwing on a groove suite. All right. Make sure y'all download that album. I mean, the, well, the album as well for sure. Make sure you download the app, the MPN app. We be, uh, got that music. We got that music on there. We got the podcast on there as well. So make sure you go to Linktree slash NPN Management or go on your app store as a download as well. But you can go to Linktree slash NPN Management and it'll give you the option for Android and Apple. Yep. So, all right, I'm out of here, y'all. Y'all be good. Y'all be great. Bless up. Clear Visions Podcast was produced and engineered by myself, along with the intro and outro music. Subscribe to this podcast that's available on MrAlPete.com, MPN-LLC.com, and on all podcast platforms. Thanks for listening, everyone. Building but becoming to the top. Mm-hmm.